Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yeah. Yeah. You need your mic on for that one, Greg. Frank Stanfield, the closer, Chris Ventra. Greg Sussman, your fantasy best friends forever. Hour number two, locked and loaded. Final hour of the week, gentlemen. And Venture literally goes home right after this, so things are good for Chris Venture. Yeah. Uh, nice week, little way to wrap up the week. Really is a nice way to got it Friday. A little shortstop talk. A little shortstop. I love it. Pretty good. What you, you ever you, seen Metallica live? No. Uh, I, like I do would, love Metallica, though. You ever seen Third Eye Blind live? <laughs> I saw Three Doors Down live at a free concert in Albany. I, yeah, I went to Albany. <laughs> I saw <laughs> Kryptonite. I saw Three Doors Down live at a free concert in in where did I go? Panama Beach, Florida, Panama City. It was free, like it was. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. yeah. I was like, I stayed. I was at Spring Break there, so I was on the beach, and I was just like walking down the beach, and you saw and some place had Third Eye uh, Three Doors down. down. Yeah, yeah. And there it was. That, they do yeah, it for free. I'm, I'm the outcast. Yeah, I was like, all right. I haven't seen Three Doors Down. You know what? You know what? I do it for free for free. They're one of the only people that said, hey, we'll do the inauguration. We, we don't care. We'll play anyway. Who else have you seen live, Ventura? Uh, Avenged Sevenfold's my favorite band. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? You've seen them? Yeah. I've seen them actually open up for Metallica. Yeah. Twice, actually. They did that yeah, on tour a couple times because they're very similar. Yeah. At MetLife, I saw them. And then the greatest, one of the greatest weekends of my life, I went to a Metallica weekend, two-day show at an abandoned airfield in Atlantic City. That's sick. It was like, it was called the Orion Festival. It was two days. One day, they played the entire... Black album, uh, start to start to finish, and then they also played the entire Ride the Lightning album the that's next day. That's good, yeah. Start to finish, Metallica, and on Saturday, Avenged Sevenfold opened up for them. Amazing, they're great live. Like, like the great, Mosh live. Pit was crazy. Yeah, in the Mosh Pit and stuff. I didn't go in the Mosh Pit. I was with Christina. She came to me with that concert. Venture, me, and you, we're gonna go to a show, and we're gonna get yeah, the Mosh Pit. Yeah, I'm down. System of a Down crazy. concert I went to also one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I like that too. They're awesome. It's just like music, baby. No, I can you know, play the violin with Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> They're looking for a violinist. I wouldn't mind going to a Dave Matthews Band concert. It's relaxing. You get the lighters out. You know, it's chill. I Definitely. Like Definitely. I like yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a different vibe. Different vibe. Mm-hmm. Not really my vibe. <laughs> I, I go to, uh, I like the mosh pit, Greg. I've also, I've also been to some hip-hop shows. You ever been to a hip-hop show? No. I've seen Mac Miller live, rest in peace. I've seen... Uh, you and Florio, like, love that dude, right? Yeah, he's great. Like, I remember when, when he passed away, you were, like, shaken. Yeah, it was. Kind of, yeah. like, affected me for the whole weekend. Still kind of affects me now when I listen to him. Really? Yeah. Uh, he, like, kind of, uh, me and him are, were the same age. I think he was actually a year younger than me. Yeah. And I would listen to his music throughout college and stuff. And, you know, had some weird times in college. Everyone has some weird times in college, right? So, yeah. like, you know, he was a lot of, like, the music I would turn to. So I kind of uh, I had a connection there with him. So and Ariana Grande broke his heart. Yes, she did. And that's what happened. Fortunately. And I've also seen Kid Cudi live. That was amazing. Kid so, Cudi. That's where I'm at. All right. Seems I got to go to a hip-hop classic concert. classic rock shows. I've seen uh, 
Black Sabbath. Awesome. With Judas Priest. That must have been awesome. Testament. It was Old crazy. School. It was kind of like the, the Legends of Metal kind of thing. I went with my dad at the Jones Beach Theater. That was fun. A uh, couple of NFL notes for you before we get back into the shortstops. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't listen to Judas Priest. Can you name Judas a Judas Priest. Priest song, Greg? That's old. Greg? Old metal. One Judas Priest song? I don't think I can name it, the name and title of it. I, I'll know the song, guys, but I won't know the title. Nothing. He used to wear leather, that guy. <laughs> like very tight leather. So it kind of like bugged me out. I, I, I didn't know what I was in for with Judas I Priest. Believe, I believe he's gay. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Steelers GM Kevin Colbert said three Breaking teams. Breaking the law, guys. Breaking the law. Oh, yes, Breaking yes, yes, yes. Heard the song. Three teams reached out so far to potential Antonio Brown trade. So that's interesting there. San Francisco? Maybe. He didn't name the teams. Uh, and um, Adam Schefter just said on SportsCenter that a source told him that Robert Kraft is not the biggest name caught up in the prostitution ring. Oh. So we can only hope there's interesting news one coming. name bigger. God will I. Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> He Can you imagine Belichick getting a little, uh, little rub and tug, huh, Vetra? No, this is um, in, in, Flor- in, in Florida by a, a certain club that Kraft, uh, you guys aren't going to get this, Bavona will. Uh, it's by a certain club that Kraft frequents. So I'm hoping that uh, the owner of said club yeah. is the person that was caught on tape. I think I know where you're going with this, huh. I, but <laughs> I really don't know. Do you think it's possible? Is it who I think it is? Yes. I'm writing to you on Gchat. Owner of said club. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it out loud. Go ahead. Uh, Gchat, let me see. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, like, yeah, yeah. I I'm not going to say it out loud. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, do I'll tell you during the break, though. Yeah. All right. Um, that'd be cool. Xander Bogarts, you want to get back there? Yes, I absolutely do. I, I absolutely do want to get uh, back to Xander Bogarts. We heard Frank say it, and basically, as I told Frank during the Spring break. Spring training's on right now, by the way, guys. Great. As I told Frank during the break, if I end up with Xander Bogarts, I'm like, I'm happy. Like, he, he looks good, certainly head-to-head in points leagues and whatnot. Xander Bogarts is good, and I have no yeah. issue drafting him. I don't, I don't want to say that he's someone I'm going to go out like I'm looking to draft. Right. But if, but if he's the best guy on the board, which I think he could be at some point. I think I'm, I'm in that same camp. I'm happy to draft too. him. I have yeah. no issue drafting him. Where I, are you in Xander Bogarts? I agree. I, I think he's a uh, solid short. He's one of the back-end top 12, I think, to me. I have him at uh, 11, I believe. I have him at 8. He is the number eight no. shortstop off the board in the NFPC. I'm that. sorry, I have him at 10. Yeah. So, that's why I have him at eight. So, one name I'm assuming you have ahead of him, Ventra, is Carlos Correa. Yeah. How come you like Correa? I know Frank has him barely inside his top 12 and number 12. Uh, I'd like to have the Carlos Correa debate. Ventra, we'll start with you. Why do you like Correa this year? Okay. So, like Xander, I like a lot for what he does, but I think we've seen, you know, his max potential okay. throughout all the years. Not any particular year, but I think you could see what, what he is about. Uh, this is his power, Max, I think. He's not a big-time power guy. So my thing is, Correa has a lot more in the, you know, to prove. I think his ceiling is much higher than we, we've seen last year. Last year was just a down year, I think. And I think, you know, like we said, young guys need time to grow. His first season, uh, 2016, I mean, I'm sorry, he hit 20 homers, 96 RBI, 75 walks, 13 bags. I mean, he had a solid year uh, and 36 doubles. Things kind of evened out there. I think that this can be a guy that goes to the next level. I really do, especially in this lineup. And, and he should get back to 315 average that he had in 2017. I think he should get back to like 280, 290. I think he could easily bounce back to that level. The walks will go back up. The homers should go up from 15 last year, right? He has power. This guy's a, a, a top prospect. He was supposed to be better than Francisco Lindor coming out of, uh, of the minors. Better than Francisco Lindor. And he hasn't proven it, right? But... 
I think that this guy in this lineup has much better potential than Xander Bogarts. Now, Bogarts is the more steady guy, the safer guy, I think. But I'm not, you know, most of the time I'm not looking to play it safe. I'll take Correa after the top six guys that I believe are better than him are off the board. After that, I think a lot of guys are in a clump, in a tier. And I can't dispute the upside of Carlos Correa because I, I feel like we've seen it. There's two camps of Carlos Correa this year. You either love the value that you're getting him at in the fourth round or you're just not going to draft him. And that's where I stand. I'm going to do my best Dr. A impersonation here. But pulling up his inside injuries page, he is a 33% overall injury risk, which is high. Wow. Which Dr. A is going to tell you he's going to be expected to miss about a third of his games. Which he has at, done the last two If you look seasons. at the past two seasons, yeah. he hasn't played more than 110 games in each of the past two years. Yeah. His HPF, his health performance factor, is 66%. It's above average. But that overall injury risk, look, this is a guy that dealt with oblique and back injuries last year. It's not the same thing as Clayton Kershaw. But these things can very quickly turn into recurring injuries. And you watch Carlos Correa bat. I mean, this guy swings with ferocity. Like, it, you, need, you need to have your, your core, everything working together, intact. Like, if one thing yeah. goes wrong in your back or your oblique, it 100% affects your performance. And that's what we saw last year. Like, is Carlos Correa a 239 hitter? Hell no. No. You know, he's, he's a... He should be a perennial 300 hitter. He's extremely talented, but it affected his performance last year. 29% hard hit rate. He was hitting the ball on the ground more, striking out more than ever, 23%. So that's what I'm talking about when, you know, if just one thing goes wrong with the oblique or the back here, it's going to affect his overall his performance. His entire season, probably. He doesn't he's... steal bases anymore either. So he's a four-category contributor when he's completely healthy, but I don't think that he's going to be completely healthy. I'm more in the camp that he's probably going to miss... 30 or 40 games at some point this year. It is worse. And, and with the back and the oblique injury, it could affect his performance even when he's on the field. It did affect his performance last year. The hard hit percentage at 28.8%. If you trust Carlos Correa as healthy, because that's exactly what he's saying, what else is he going to say? He's not going to come out and say, oh, you know, I'm 80%. I'm still kind of dealing with it. Yeah. Like He's going to say he's 100% healthy. If you at home truly believe he's healthy, then this can be a major steal for you. And I, I would advise you to go out and draft him if you believe that. Me, personally... I think that it's going to be an issue. I don't think that it's a major steal. You go back to two years ago, which was his um, his best season in the majors, right? Bet at 274, had the 20 home runs, 13 stolen bases, 96 RBI. I think the steals, like you said, are dead, Frank. Like, I don't think you, I don't think, like, when you were drafting him... That wasn't his best season, though. You think the year, before, in, the year in, before was better? In 2017, he didn't he steal any bases, but he was a 941 OPS. That's one of, like, the 10 best hitters in baseball. Sure. 940 OPS. He had 24 in runs in 109, 109 games. games. Right. That's, you know, 150 the, game the, pace. But the, That's the, close to 35 home. But the reason I said it was because he played 153 games in 2016. Yeah. Right. He did not do that in 2017 or in 2018. But he flashed his upside in that 2017 season. Yeah. Yes. He was an MVP candidate. Without, I mean, without question. With the OPP hit 391, he gave the OPS a moment ago, which was, what, over 900? 940. Yeah. yeah. 941. Okay. So that's what you're praying for extrapolated for a full season in 2019. That's his upside. That is clearly the upside. Last year was his downside. Right. The injuries. Now, but here's the thing, though. Like, I would be really worried if this was an older guy. He's 24. I got to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's going to be I, in the I, league I for a long that. time. I hear you. And that was Andy Singleton's take, too, because... 24 years old. You want to take a shot? we're going back and take a shot. Especially for the value you might be able to get him at right now. Uh, you know, it could pay off. No doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. The, but the crazy thing to me is, I want to go back to Adelbert's Mondesi for a second. Mm -hmm. He's 23. Yeah. 
It's not like that's like the point. The point is, he's twenty three. Carlos Correa is only twenty four years and old, and he's been in the league yeah. for four years. Because he he was like the Glaber Torres before Glaber Torres. Sure, absolutely. Not, not you know just comparing the two because no. you know Carlos Correa when he's one hundred percent healthy is probably better than Glaber Torres for now. We'll see what Glaber Torres turns into, but. Guys don't just come up at, you know, 19, 20 years old and just take the league by storm. It doesn't no. happen all that often. No. Carlos Correa and Gleyber Torres, I mean, these guys are different breeds. So what I mentioned with Adalberto Montesi was he came up when the Royals were competing. Yes. And he didn't get a fair opportunity because no. they needed guys to perform right away. Now they're not competing. So they're going to give him every chance to play. And he went down. And, you know, you can say this about a lot of guys. But I do think it could be true. I mean, it depends on the player that you're talking about, what their mindset is. But failure, Greg, can be a great motivator. I think you have to, when talking about Adalberto Montesi, our buddy Matt Modica made a fantastic point when it came to Byron Buxton. Do you have that up, Frank? Why is he comparing him to Byron? Going through his Twitter feed. He compared Adalberto Montesi to Byron Buxton. And basically, similar situations, right? Like, Byron Buxton came up. Didn't work out. They're trying to compete with whatever. Got a full opportunity, batting leadoff, the whole deal on a Twins team that was supposed to be terrible. Yeah. And they gave him every opportunity to play. And all this dude did, dude did was just get out. Yeah. He was striking out at a crazy pace at one point, I remember. Crazy pace. Now, in 2017, he got off to the really, really, really cold start. Came back. Actually, had a really nice year, right? 16 home runs, almost 30 steals. Um, still struck out a uh, S-ton. Yeah. But he strikes out even more than Montesi does. Which is crazy. I have it up right here. It's Buxton in 2017 from August to September. He had that, you know, two-month stretch where he went nuts. 11 homers, 39 runs scored, 35 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, 5% walk rate, 27.6% K rate. Adalberto Montesi, August and September last year, in less plate appearances, in, in about 30 less plate appearances, 11 home runs, so same number, 31 runs, 26 RBI, 24 stolen bases, so... I think he, you know, he might even be faster. He, he might be just a better base runner than Byron Buxton. He's a Byron's number one on that speed, right? In terms of sprint speed, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's more that goes into it than just being fast. You got right. to know when to run. You got to know how to steal the bases. Four point six. That's why Baez gets caught so much. He's not a great base. <laughs> he's, he's just fast. Yeah. The K percentage is 2% less for Adalberto Montesi. So, the floor isn't as it, low. Wait, is this why you're comparing them? They're very similar in everything that they do? Is that what you're saying? Basically. Everything what they, now, did, what they did yeah. when they got hot towards the end of 2017 for Buxton and then the end of 2018, yeah. why people loved Buxton going into last year. It led to their, their draft price the next year. Like, right. Buxton was a fourth-round pick last year. Alberto Montesi this year is like a third fourth-round pick right. this year. Right, so, so that's because of the end of them. season. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Buxton got hurt. So. Uh, or he just got he, sent he down. He got hurt last year. I mean, his last season year, yeah, last yeah. year was last year. disaster. Disaster last year, He yeah. was bad. I mean, he, hurt, he bad, was bad, sent down. All different kind of hurt. ways. It was awful. It was awful, yeah. It was awful. I mean, he had like a broken toe. He had like something going on with like his head too. Uh, yeah, it was just... What are that's guys, why... Would I think you guys draft Bayern Buxton this year? I will. You will? Yeah. For I mean, the value now, yeah. I wouldn't be out on it. I think, you know, speaking of Byron Buxton and Matt Modica, he actually drafted him in, in the Top Wars draft. What round? He drafted him in... Round 13 as his fourth four. outfielder. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, fifth. That's good. I like that. Fifth like outfielder. That. Um, I mean, yeah, why? You, a guy that was going yeah, in the, the fourth, fourth round, round last, last year, yeah. now you're getting him in the 13th right. round. Definitely. A little bit of bounce back. He's still only there. 25 years old, too. I saw Modica tweet about it. He said, I'll do it every time. Yeah, sure. Give me, give me Byron Buxton in the your, 13th. Is your fifth outfielder. Because yeah. we know the talent. Fifth outfielder. The only, and talent's insane. At that point, it's worth the risk. And that's what we were, you know, that's I what will say that, I will say this. about Javi Baez last year, too. At some point, it's worth, worth the, the risk. risk. I will say this, though. This Twins team this year, as constructed, is trying to compete. 
They're right. trying to compete two. with a lineup they that just, just Mar- added Marwin yep. Gonzalez, who can play in the outfield. Right. If you move a guy like Eddie Rosario to center field rather than left, or Max Kepler from right into center, Byron Buxton, ultimately, if he's not performing, could be the odd man out. Again, as a fifth outfielder, it doesn't matter. It's not part of the conversation. I'm mm-hmm. just saying we were looking and talking, where does Marwin Gonzalez fit in on this team? Well, in the outfield may be the answer. Let me ask you about Marwin Gonzalez. Miguel Sano struggles too, which definitely. Let me ask you about Marwin Gonzalez, guys. Mm-hmm. He's got shortstop. Does he have shortstop eligibility or no? I don't think he does. No? I feel like he has every eligibility. I, that's why I'm asking yeah, you. Uh, well, he does on Fantasy Pros because they use Yahoo, and everyone's eligible on Yahoo. <laughs> Yahoo. According to NFBC, he does. Okay. NFBC has first, yeah. second, short, and outfield. Yep, so that, that's correct. Where should Marwin Gonzalez be drafted? I just added him to my rankings. Doing this on the spot here, just trying to figure out where he would go. You. He should go around like the Willie Adamas area, like Kettle Marte, Willie Adamas. That's right. where Marwin gets. So like twenty five to thirty, basically. I, yeah, I have met twenty eight. My my twenty eight shortstop. Right. Twenty five to thirty. Yeah, okay. and that's just a, a huge tier. Like I have my tier three is from thirteen to twenty nine. Yeah, it's all clumped together. Once you get to the back, sure. I mean, you could pick any one of these guys. Fair enough. Absolutely. You know? Okay. Um, where do you want Correa, Greg? I like Correa. I, I, I I'm not. As cold as you are, because I think, as Spencer said, this is a dude that you can draft where you're getting him in the fifth round or so, and he can be a first-round pick, right? Like, that, that year, he's 24 years old. Mm-hmm. And if he can just stay healthy, and I know, as with our fantasy basketball team, Frank, <laughs> we've said that a lot, and it hasn't exactly worked. No, thank God we trained Anthony Davis, my man. <laughs> Andre Drummond, welcome to the squad. Well, debut tonight, right? Yeah. Um, or he debuted first before the break. Yeah, he, de- he debuted before the All-Star break. Okay. Um... If he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. he has the ability to give you back first round value. Yeah. When you can get those guys in the middle rounds, I'm interested. I don't know that. I said I like Xander Bogarts. I do. Adalberto Mondesi, I'm not exactly hoping for. Like, I don't, I'm not going to take Adalberto Mondesi. I wouldn't take him I'm as let, my starter. I'm going to let somebody, I'm going to let somebody yeah. else do that. The Korea thing's intriguing, man. I know he's going off the board to pick 51. That's a fourth round of 15 team leagues. It's a fifth round in 12 team leagues. I'm interested there, man. Yeah. I'm interested in what he could bring in the top toward the top of that Houston lineup. Like in the fifth round, like that's kind of where I want my shortstop. Like, because you know, if he plays in the 12 team league, mm-hmm. in the points league, I'm interested, man. I, I listen, I'm in. If you want to win your league, right? Like, you got to have the best shot. team, right? So you got to take some shots somewhere. And, you know, somebody's going to get hurt on your team, guaranteed. Multiple people will. It's guaranteed. So you're going to have to figure that out any, anyway. I'm willing to take the shot on Correa in the fourth or fifth round because he could end up. Winning the league for me. That's how good of a player he is. And that's why I'm going to, you know, I'm boosting him up the rankings a little more because, I mean, this guy, when he plays, he's doing damage. You know that. Like, we know that. It's he just played about last the year and he sucked, man. I mean, he was hurt, though. <laughs> yeah. He was playing hurt. You know, when you play hurt, it's, it's, it's very hard. I hear what you guys are saying. Look, there's two, again, there's two camps. If you guys believe that, then you might be getting one of the best values in the draft. Me personally, I, I think he's probably going to get banged up again at some point this year. Probably so. So I'm out. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll take a break. Guys, when we come back here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, we're going to hit up Labor Torres. We're going to hit up Corey Seeger. Who's it, Browser and more? Stick around. More for your BFFs after this.
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Making good progress, gentlemen. On the shortstop position, we've hit up nine of them so far. We're doing well. Wow. Flying through. Solid pace. Flying through. We spoke about Glaber a bit yesterday, right? With second baseman? Yes. Mm-hmm. Should we skip Glaber now? We should say where, where we're going to slot him. Where do you got him? Yeah. Uh, I have him nine. I have him at 11. I'm debating if I should move him. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the guys that I know you're probably try- All right, I'm doing it. <laughs> trying to decide if you should move him past is our guy Gene Segura, who, Frank, I know we came into draft season without before we dove, dove deep here, really liking Gene Segura. What have you learned since you dove deep on shortstops? I learned that I do like Gene Segura at his current price. Um, where you're getting him is, you know, about pick 64. So he's going in that fifth round range a little bit later than uh, some of the other guys that we've talked about. He's going a little bit later than Correa, a little bit later than Bogarts. Uh, but he's just steady, man. Look, this this might not be the league-winning pick that, you know, Ventra mentioned with Carlos Correa, but at least a 300 batting average, 80 runs, and 20 stolen bases in each of the past three seasons. I mean, those are three categories that we're constantly, you know, how do we find those? Batting average, runs, and stolen bases. Mm-hmm. And Gene Segura gives you all three of those. Uh, you know, over the past three seasons, 308 batting average, that's eighth best in all of baseball. 273 runs scored, that's 21st. 75 stolen bases over the past three years. That's 11th best in baseball. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of contact. Great roto um, play. You know, he's not going to completely... The play, too. He's not going to... Com- play, not as good as a roto. He's not going to completely what? kill your uh, your home runs, either. Like, he's going to give you, you know, 12 double, to 15. Double digits. He's at a better ballpark now than he... You know, he was in Much Seattle. Much better than Safety. Seattle, yeah. Now he's in Citizens Bank. And he's in a great lineup. And he's going to hit at the top of that lineup. He could score 100 runs this year. And he could drive in, you know, 60, 70 RBIs. Going to hit over 300. He's going to, doesn't strike out. I do like the Philly thing, yeah. What is there not what to, is there not like, to like in any sort of thing, format? Power. Like, what I have here is his stolen bases have declined three years in a row, and he's 28 years old. 29 so, in March. Yeah, he's going to be 29. So do they continue to decline? If he gets closer to like 15, 18, then yeah. That's not what you Where want. Where is he like, batting? You want 20 to 25 stolen bases. I got to imagine he's batting second. Second, right? And Gabe Kapler is one of these analytical, uh, you know, analytically driven managers here, Greg, where if the analytics are telling him not to run, he's not going to run. The Phillies didn't run mm. all that much last year. So yeah, but they should use him to run. I think that they will. I think he's still be, he'll still be safe for 20 to 25. I do. And he's in a great lineup. So, so I love the safety that he provides. He's... Look, he's going to miss some time. Like, he's always had one DL stint per year. He's averaged 142 games played over the last six years. But he's consistent with it. So, <laughs> no, like 142. Okay, he's going to miss 20 games. He's not missing, you know, he's not playing 110 like Carlos Correa. Like, everyone's going to miss a few games. Yeah, right there. yeah. Um, I'll tell you right now why in points leagues. In uh, points leagues last year, he was 13th shortstop. Okay. He missed, uh, he missed more time he missed than time. usual, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, no, he missed more time in 2017 than he did in 2018. Yeah, 144 games. Mm-hmm. He had uh, 486 total points, 3.3 average, which is like... I actually don't think he's that great solid. points either. Great. Yeah, he, he he's better for Roto, I think. Yeah, he's, better for, he's better for Roto. He is. Right. He might be all right for head-to-head category because he gives you stolen bases, but head-to-head points, like 4.8% career walk rate. He makes a lot of contact, yeah, he don't walk which helps. Like He's not going to give you strikeouts. That makes up for it, yeah. He doesn't walk. So but he, he hits a lot of doubles. He's a very aggressive swinger. Listen, in Philly, though, I might be interested in drafting him as a nice little value pick. If, you know, all my guys are gone, I don't have a shortstop, and we're in that tier. Segura's really not a bad pick. This year, especially in points leagues, because the counting stats should be better in Philly. I think more he homers, more too. runs, man. Yeah, maybe he'll have 15, 20 homers. I, you know, he's hit 20 homers before. Man, I, I own him every, everywhere that year. With the Diamondbacks? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Monster season. Mm-hmm. Right. 319, 20 homers, 100 runs, breakout party. 33 stolen bases. I don't think he has that kind of upside anymore. But, you know, Venture's right. In Citizens Bank, can he get, you know, 15, 18 home runs maybe? Yeah. A lot better ballpark than Safeco, man. Oh, yeah. Huge I, difference. I'm, I'm interested in Roto. It, you know, if I get him in the fifth, if somehow he fell to the sixth round, I'd love it there. But... Yeah. I like it in the fifth. I love it in the sixth. If you and, you, and you say he missed time, and he still scored over 80 runs the last three years in a row. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, in that lineup, like he could score 100 Where if do you have he plays enough time. What do you have Gene Segura in your rankings? I have him uh, at 12 as the last one of that tier. I have him ninth. Okay. Aggre- too aggressive, Greg? No, I don't think so. I have him one spot ahead of Glaber. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. He'll work more than Glaber. All right. Proven track record. Absolutely. Continuing on our shortstop, shortstops, one more person I think belongs in this tier. It's another guy with a question mark. He's going later than all of these guys, but I want to bring him up here, and that's Corey Seager. Yeah. Corey Seager's a guy that was a top five-round pick the last couple of years. Gets hurt late in 2017, misses a round of the playoffs, comes back from the World Series, isn't right in spring training, isn't right early on last season, uh, might have even missed the beginning of the season with shoulder injuries, then had that shoulder injury, got knocked out, and then also had Tommy John. Major, major injuries. Just yeah. get everything fixed while you're out. That's what the thought process was, yeah, right? Yeah. Get hip so, surgery. <laughs> major injuries from Corey Seager over the last couple of years. But he's back, he's in camp, he's healthy. Chris, what do you do about Corey Seager? So I might be a little higher than a lot of people because I have Seager 8. I have him behind. That's so pretty, correct. Pretty if he's healthy, he's a point. Yeah. Monster. Darling. Yeah. He needs to be healthy, right? Um, I mean, obviously, these rankings could change. I want to see what happens in spring training. I want to see who's playing. You know, like this is a guy who loves playing. To a yeah, lot in the spring. yeah. You got to watch him in the spring. If he's playing and he looks healthy and he's hitting with pop, that's all you need to see. If he's got the pop back and his bat speed's good and everything, then I'm okay with jumping back on board and going right back to this guy because he's another guy that can be right behind Correa as a top five shortstop. You know what I mean? Like he's that. He's that talented. He does everything well, except he doesn't steal bases. He does everything else. The pop's not, I mean, massive. It's, you're getting 25. It's not massive. You're getting 25 he's not, on runs. He's not in a great ballpark. For he's not like, like Carlos Correa's upside is higher than Corey It's like Seagers. 30, 35, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's, that's correct. Yeah. That is true. He could hit 30, though. He could hit 30. He's never hit 30. He's hit 26. A rookie year. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. that shows. Yeah, but he's only, his, you know, he's turning 25 in April, so. The prime. He could grow into that power. Look, I, that's what Chris he, is saying, yeah. he doesn't hit enough fly balls. That's the biggest problem. He hits he hit 30% fly ball rate for his career. He hits a lot of line drives. He does. And that's what 
you know, lends itself to, you know, he's going to be a doubles hitter. He's going to hit a lot of doubles. Chris loves his doubles. Love the doubles. Yeah, which, you know, that helps him in points leagues. Uh, even a couple of years ago when he was going in the second round for Roto, I wasn't in just because, again, he doesn't really stand out. Like, if he stays healthy in the Dodgers lineup batting second, he could score 100 runs, definitely. Uh, and I have him one spot higher than Correa. And, it, you know, people might be screaming at me, well, Correa's upside is higher. They're both injury prone. When we spoke to Dr. Ray, I asked him this question, who's more likely to, get to hurt. Re, uh, have a reoccurring injury here. And he said Carlos Correa mm-hmm. because he's the old beak in the, black, uh, the back. And frankly, I agree with him because, yes, he's recovering from Tommy John as a hitter. Labor Torres also recovered from Tommy John last year as a hitter. Didn't have any effects on him. Corsair hip, had more injuries. The hip surgery, all right, it's a little bit more to worry about there. A little bit more Especially with the power. With the hip. Yeah, definitely. So, I, look, I don't know that him or Carlos Correa is, are active targets of mine. If it were like if they were both available somehow in the sixth round, if I was just you know choosing between them, I would take Correa. But at their current draft price, you're getting Correa later. You're, no, you're getting Seager later, like two three rounds later. Two three so rounds later, rather, I'll wait for Seager. I would yeah. rather take the value on Seager. Here's the thing though, they're both injury risks. I'd rather take the value on Seager. In a draft though, and you're let's say in the fourth round, and you know Seager and Correa are available, are you going to say I'm skipping? Correa, because I know I could get Seager two rounds later and take that chance. Then you lose out on Seager, and I feel like... You don't want to miss out I on this I don't think you want to miss that. To, yeah. Like, there's a top 12 venture. We talked about this at the top of the show. If you miss out on those guys, then my 13 and 14 is Jose, is Jose Peraza and Paul DeJong. You really, I don't want one of those guys as my starting shortstop. I can't miss out on those guys. I can't. I, I want them to be my middle infielder. So in that back end of the tier you're saying is like Correa, Seager, Glaber, Xander... Yeah. Adalberto and Segura. Yeah. Yes. All right. After that, yeah, you're right. It's a huge drop off. There's, t- like, I have Tim well, Anderson. I'm high on Tim Anderson. That's just me. We'll get to Tim Anderson in a second. But it's really interesting because people draft, some of these guys go very, very early, right? Lindor, Turner, Bregman, Baez, Machado, Story. I mean, these guys are all going to be off the board by the end of the second round. Yeah. And then it's like, whoa, those are legitimately six guys I just named. Half of, half of the starting shortstops so are shortstops gone deep. in the first two rounds. It's not. Well, deep in the sense of the top 12. Fine. But the say. first six are gone. And then it's like, so then, for a all, draft. For all of them are gone by pick 84. So by the end that's of the, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so, never happened. So what do you. That's, that's Corey Seager's 84. So this is, knowing, this is knowing your draft spot or status, right? Like, yeah. What do you do? Do you open up that next tier after the first six? Do you wait until the end to make sure you get the last one? Frank, how would you play that? In a if I miss standard... out on these? No, 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 no. First six are gone. You don't have a shortstop, okay. right? You don't draft any of the first six. Because right. the guys that go in the first two rounds, uh, right? Good question. The next six are out there. They go from anywhere from pick 41, which is in the Korean FBC, Adalberto Mondesi, to pick 84. Corey Seager, it's about 40 picks. Yeah. When do you jump at a shortstop? Because you just said, I have to get one of these guys. I cannot wait for the Perazas, the Tim Andersons, the Jerks, and Profars. I can't do that. Yep. So you need one of those guys. Do you wait and say, whichever the last one left is, I'll take him? Do you wait, uh, go out and get your guy? What is your plan when it comes to those six players? So, again, Seager, Correa, and Monesi are not really active targets of mine. But okay. in the fifth round... If Bogart, Segura, or Glaber Torres were there, I would I would jump on one of those guys. You would not you would not wait to see who falls to you. You would make the selection. Yeah, look, ideally I wouldn't want to use as early as a fifth round pick on maybe maybe Bogarts, but I don't think I want to use my fifth round pick on Segura or Torres. I 
Yeah. You no, know, maybe I'd risk it and try and wait till the sixth round and see if one of those guys falls back to me. You know, that's just me just kind of uh, fishing for value. But again, yeah, I mean, you you don't want to play chicken, right? You don't want to play shortstop chicken here. Unless, you know, if you're all right with a guy like Corey Seager as your starting shortstop, then, okay, if you miss out on one of these guys, maybe the sixth, seventh round, you could just take Corey Seager. That's think, your fallback option. But so I think this, if you don't want to play chicken, then I'm probably taking Bogarts or Segura in round five. I think the scary thing is that you have to watch out for because there's 12 guys we just named, right? 12 mm-hmm. starting shortstops. That's easy. It's, you have, this is really paying attention to your draft. You've got to pay attention on the Bregman, Baez, and Machado teams because those guys are, are going to have the ability of Machado soon enough to play multiple positions where you can draft another shortstop that somebody else to draft a shortstop. Mm-hmm. The team that drafts Trevor Story out of Alberto Montes isn't most likely jumping back in the shortstop pool so quickly. Right. Theoretically. It's the people that draft Bregman, Machado, and Baez and figuring out where they draft comparatively to where you draft to make sure you get a, t- get a short, short, shortstop just in case. Mm-hmm. That's just paying attention. What would you do, Chris, in this scenario? I would try to jump on either Correa or Seager. Okay. I like those two the in the, most. In the, the in, well, Seager goes two rounds later, as you said, Frank. Would you? What would you rather do? Correa in the fifth or Seager in the seventh? Theory? Correa is more likely you'd have to use a fourth round pick. All right, would you four, rather go Correa in the fourth the, or do the sixth? Seager in the sixth. Yeah, I'd rather go Seager in the sixth. Yeah, if I take if, the value, if that's possible, you know, I would do that. It all depends too, like what I need on the board at that time and stuff. Well, well Correa is the best guy I like there. I might just take Correa. You know what I'm saying? It's fair. If he's my favorite guy on the board, left. If not, then I'll wait. Greg, Greg, we've talked a lot about position scarcity. And I think what I'm learning is by the fifth round, I'm probably going to have two outfielders, two starting pitchers, and a shortstop. You don't want to pre-plan your draft too hard, but you want to have a plan. Well, it's interesting because I know that in a draft earlier this month, you played first base chicken and you got caught. In a best ball draft. And I ended up with, you know, Miguel Cabrera and like Tyler White. Doesn't that concern yeah. you a little you bit like by, by saying, hey, I'll probably have two outfielders, two pitchers, and a shortstop? Doesn't first that concern base, you? First base. You know, I think that there are other posi- like there are other players at positions, at least that we've talked about so far. You know, when we talk about catchers, I said, you know, eighth, ninth round, I could target my first guy. Sure. Time. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that. First base, Jose Abreu, you can, you know, sometimes you get him in the sixth round. If not, I'll wait a little bit. You know, I could get a guy like Matt Olson. That's what you were trying to do. Maybe seventh, eighth round. Yeah. Like, there, there are targets that I get a little bit later at first base. Okay. So I'm all right with that. Uh, I think the talent, though, of the first sec- base isn't that. Second deep. base Second base is a little scary. A little more interesting. But, there, you know, there are guys here. If I, if I get Robinson Cano in the eighth round. I know you like him. I'm all right with that. Uh-huh. If I get Scooter Jeanette in the seventh round. If I get, if I get Mike Moustakis in the eighth, ninth round. I'm cool with that. Like, they, you know. So far, what I've learned is, you know, I don't really have to, I don't have to have a second baseman by the fifth round. Like, no. if I don't end up with Daniel Murphy or Ozzie Albies, is it the end of the world? For some people, it might be. For me, no, because, I mean, there's still guys here. Again, Jeanette, Cano, and to an extent, you know, Mike Moussakis, too. If I get him as my second baseman, like, I'm not going to have him as second base right away to start, you know, 10 games into the season, but I'd be all right with one of those guys. I- so, just talking about what we did with the shortstop position, I think I want one of those guys. Like, I'm, I'm either going to target Trevor Story in the second round, or I'm going to try and get a guy like Bogarts or later Segura in the fifth, in the fifth, fifth or sixth. sixth. Yeah. yeah, right, right. No, I know what you're saying. I, I mean, the outfield, the strategy, outfield pitches, two, two starting pitches, two outfield. Now that's based on five, five outfielders. Five outfielders, right? yeah. Um, see, the thing is, for me, like, I feel like those first three, four, five rounds, I'm just going best available. I'm just literally taking the best player at that point. You're then not, I worry about scarcity position at all. I mean, look at this best ball drift. I said, you know what? 
F it. I'm taking Trey Turner and Javier Baez. Completely against the And then you the came grain. in today and you said, oh, snap, we got to start five out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'll be all right. I don't want Trey Turner <laughs> now. We gave you the top 12 shortstops. After that, it's anyone's guess. Chris Ventura, Frank Stample, and I will give you our deep shortstops when we come back. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Outfield was pretty stacked. Mine was pretty stacked last year. These two guys talking outfielders during the break, talking about the best ball teams. You hear them come back. That's Chris Ventra. That's Frank Stample. Greg Sussman. Final 20 minutes of the week here in the BFFs. We've got a bunch yeah. more videos coming your way later. Calling the shots live in studio, 8 to 11 p.m. Keith Rosari will have Kelly Acoin here from Billions Pastor Tim from the Americans. Somehow survived. Um, that'll be live tonight. A lot of NBA talk there. Um, some baseball, some gambling. It'll be fun. It's gonna be really good fantasy stuff. It'll be a good show tonight. Uh, Eight to eleven live in studio. So look forward to that. I will also have your FanDuel, your NBA stuff uh, coming, up, coming up a little bit later on. You'll see it on our YouTube channel uh, and the social media channels of the NBA and for FanDuel. Guys, final twenty minutes of the program though. It's our shortstop preview episode. And this next tier is like to me. I look at it I'm like all right. It's a clump of guys. It's a clump of dudes. Yeah. Your guy, Jose Peraza, Greg. I like Jose Peraza. He was great last year for me. Mm-hmm. As your starting shortstop. As my starting. Corsi, Corsi, you went down, so I needed a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Jose Peraza became my guy. Yeah, yeah. So you you have no starting choice. shortstop this year. No, I want one of the twelve guys. We just discussed this, Frank. Yeah, you want one of those twelve. I want one of the first twelve. No, you want to talk about guys. You want to talk about the. You want to talk about guys. Peraza's going that late. Guess his ADP. Do you know it? Already I don't have it up in front of me. You've already seen it. It's right in front of me. Yeah. It's early, man. Top 100 pick? It was good. It was good last year. Pretty, pretty big price. All right, man. You want to call it, guys? You were, for the last <laughs> three weeks, stopping your feet. I'm going to draft Elvis Andrews. I'm going to draft Elvis Andrews. And you come in after doing research on shortstops. Like, nah. yeah, I've got a cool on Elvis Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't like It's plant- been a little bit of a roller coaster for Elvis I my flag on Elvis Andrews <laughs> or anything. All right, man? He had a fractured elbow. Give the guys, give the guys uh, a break. He had a fractured elbow last year. So tell us, I mean, tell us why you like him, Frank. I don't. I don't like him anymore. You I did? Into him. What happened? What, where did, why did you like him and why do you not now? Yeah, so I, I had a lot of two years ago fresh in my mind, um, which was obviously his standout season when he had 20 home runs and yeah. 100 runs scored Outlier. and 88 RBIs and 25 stolen bases, 297. He was ridiculous. Wow. He helped a lot of people win championships uh, two years ago. And look, he hit the ball harder than ever that year. And, you know, he his home run to fly ball ratio, 11.6%. Clear outlier. You know, his career is 5.1% yeah. home run to fly ball ratio. So I think I had a lot of that still fresh in my mind and thought like, all right, where he was going, like you're getting him at a great discount. He's going to bat third as of right now in the Rangers lineup. I think not we kind of come to the conclusion that it's, it's not that great of a lineup <laughs> altogether here. Uh, but, look, the stolen bases were way down last year, too. And I know he was hurt. Um, you know, he was dealing with that fractured elbow. But five stolen bases, three caught stealing in 97 games. He's turning 31 
in yeah. August this year too. Like this is when stolen bases decline. Speed is gonna start to go here, man. So yeah, I mean that's. I just don't really see much upside here with Elvis Andrews. So I'm kind of uh, I'm taking a step back here. He does make a ton of contact. He doesn't strike out that much. Uh, the walk rate is decent. It's not great. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do anything yeah, really just, great. Like, I'm worried about the stolen bases, right? Like if he doesn't give you the 20 to 25 stolen bases, then he, he yeah. comes back closer to like 15 for the entire season. It's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. So I have his projection at like 270, 10 homers, 70 runs, 70 RBI, 15 stolen bases. Like he's fine, but there's a bunch of guys in this range that do this exact thing. This tier is filled with a bunch of players who are going to give you 10 to 15 home runs, 10 to 15 stolen bases. Take your bat two sixty. Take your pick <laughs> on any of them because it's Jorge Polanco, yep. it's Andrelton Simmons, it's Elvis Andrus, it's Marcus Semien. Take it, your pick. They're all going to do close to the same exact thing. It's Tim Anderson. Why is it Tim, Tim Anderson, Anderson does do a little bit more than these guys? I love Why Tim is it Tim Anderson? Why do you love him, Chris? Well, with the with the eyeball test in particular, when I was watching, him. <laughs> dude, this guy has such. I feel like has such raw power in him, even though he doesn't look like he should. He has power, and I think it's going to come sooner or later. He's only 25 years old, um, and he's shown glimpses of it throughout his career, right? But he hasn't really shown that big breakout yet. You know what I mean? The average dipped to 240 last year from 257 from 2017. Uh, he, the stolen bases went up, 26 stolen bags, only caught eight, eight times. So that's an upside thing you can expect. They expect 20-plus from him maybe next year. Uh, and listen, successful on the base pets. Strikes out a lot, but whatever. Uh, I don't care about that that much. But whatever. Walks, doesn't walk. Obviously, I don't like that. But How about this? He doubled his walk rate from the year before. It was still only 5%. Left. It was 30 walks. <laughs> he had 30 walks. He had 13 the year before. That's terrible, yeah. But listen, that's the only thing that he really does poorly is walks. I think he's going to boost that average up. This guy was a well above 300 uh, career average hitter in minor leagues. He's going to hit eventually. I think he's just, it's taking him longer than most. You know, sometimes it takes guys a while to get into their groove, but you're seeing glimpses of it. He hit 20 homers, uh, 28 doubles, 77 runs scored. The lineup's not great, so I'm not expecting too much on the counting stats, but I think he could boost those homers up to 25 and the, and the doubles up to 35. I think he could steal 20 to 25 bags uh, and maybe 40 walks if he's lucky and, and bat 280. Here's the I thing. I think he could bat 280. 280. Yes. I think that average is definitely going up. Here's I the think, thing with I Tim Anderson. I think he's sold out the batting average to try and hit for more power. So if Tim Anderson... I think it'll balance out eventually. Though. If he were able to get on base more, it wouldn't be 25 stolen bases. It would be 40 stolen bases. If he That's get, what we always want. I hope so. Everyone base, yeah, looks like that so. 49 stolen base season in AA. 2015. In 2015. And we're, we're still kind of holding on to that. I am. And he showed a little I'll bit of it last it. year, right? Yeah. Because in 2017, he stole 15. We're like, all right, well, you know, this guy's never going to be a great um, base dealer. Then he's all the way up to 26. Right. Greg, if I told, uh, if I asked you, how many players do you think went twenty twenty last year? What would you say in all of baseball? I'd probably oh, say like six. Six. Oh. six? Nice. six. Yeah. There was only ten. All right, a little bit higher, but still, there was only ten people in all of baseball last year that went twenty twenty. Not Tim even Anderson was one of those guys. Sure, yep. he was. It's going to sound a little crazy, but based on his ADP last year, I went back and looked at my great fantasy baseball invitational draft from a year ago. I finished first in my league. I had 137 points in a 15-team league, Greg. I dominated it. I finished fourth in the overall. I got Tim Anderson as my starting shortstop last year in the 16th round. Yeah. He was a league winner. He gave you 20-20 in round 16. Yeah. He was a league winner last year. And he's still going pretty... He's going late. he going? I think he sold out a little bit of the batting average. He was consistently over 300 in the minor leagues, but he didn't hit for any power. Right. I think he sold out some of the batting average right now. 
in order to hit for some power. Now, I will say, I think his batting average should be better than yes. 240. Like, yes. his home run to fly ball ratio has been the same the past two years. He's starting to hit more line drives, hit the ball in the air a little bit more. I think he should probably be closer to, like, a 250, maybe 260 he- hitter. I don't know that I buy the power completely. I, you know, I think he might settle in right around 20. Yeah, he's like a 20, 25 guy. I think the Gosh. biggest issue... I, I trust the speed. You know, his sprint speed was in the 89th percentile. The biggest issue for me looking at Tim Anderson is the splits. You're the big, you're the big split guy, Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have those as well. I mean, in, in his career, he's 307 versus lefties. He's 240 versus righties. 224 against righties last year. I wrote yeah. in my notes here, not great Bob. <laughs> 224 against righties last year. Obviously, the majority of pitchers you face are righties. Righties, yeah. That's well, what based really on his career, me. 240, like, still not great, but he should have been better than 224. Not significantly. Yeah. 60 yeah. points. But if, but if that normalizes to where he's been at in his career, then that's where the batting average is going to come overall. That's what I was saying about Reese Hoskins the other day. Right. You know, okay, right. 224 against righties. It looks really bad. He's a 240 career hitter versus righties. So if that normalizes back up 14 points and the majority of pitchers that Plus he faces splits. are righties, then he's going to be more of a 250-260 hitter. Yeah. And that's where I think he should be. I think he could be even better than that, to be honest. Look, you don't want this I guy in, me personally, you don't want this guy in points leagues because he strikes out a lot and he doesn't walk. But in Roto, if I missed out on the top 12 shortstops, he might be my target as my starting shortstop. And it's nothing against Jose Peraza. I think Peraza's fine. But Tim Anderson, I think, is a guy that can hit 250 to 260 and go 2020. Yeah, I'm saying there's a lot of potential. He's already done 2020, so I can buy that. Yeah, I'm just buying the potential. I think the power is going to settle in around there. I think he's going to be 20. You know, there might even be more stolen base upside. Maybe he can steal 30 bases. Yeah. So so here's the thing in points leagues, unlike yours, that doesn't have strikeouts. Doesn't have strikeouts, right? So I I like Tim Anderson because of that. Fine. Would you rather have Jose Peraza in that kind of league in a points league like that? Doesn't really strike out? He doesn't walk either, though. He doesn't walk, but he doesn't strike out. He so he doesn't strike out, but he strikes out. I'd rather have Tim. I'd probably take Peraza. Peraza stole, I mean, Peraza only stole three less bases last year than Tim yeah. Anderson. Just and, saying. He, and he hit 14 With home the power. Runs. He had 14 home runs. Peraza. Yeah. And he had 20, right? right? Yeah. So I think there's a little more power. Listen. Definitely. I trust the power more with Tim Anderson. Yeah. I, you know, I agree with that for sure. Like, I think Peraza is more of like a 12 to 15 guy. I agree with I, you. I, tr- I think Tim Anderson's a 20 home run. Tim Anderson, you got to do more of the eyeball test with him. He's got crazy bat speed and could pop a lot of homers if he, you know, it all depends if everything clicks for him. He's giving up average for power now. He needs things to click for him more because oh, he I needs know. to be like a 260 hitter if he wants to, you know, stay around long enough to do everything that he's been I doing. Know, I, know Venture's talking, I know I hate him. Venture's talking... Talking me into this. I know you hate Jose. I, I, I think he has upside. Is he, I think under, is he under 30%? If Tim Anderson, rate, if Tim Anderson hits 20, 260 with 20 home runs and 30 stolen bases. Oh, beautiful. He's going to be that's a league beautiful. winner. Why can't I mean, I'll he's, take only, that. he's getting better every year. What about, the ground ball, what about the ground ball percentage, Frank? He's been decreasing it. It's still Tim high, Anderson. Though, it's still man. high, yeah, but he's trending in it the right high. direction every year. It is high. But well, he, look, he's gone, he's gone from 54, 54 to 52 to 46. That's a that's a big difference. He yeah. lowered his ground ball rate by six percent. He 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 raised his his fly ball rate by five percent, and he raised his line drive percentage a little bit, only one percent. But he doesn't hit any infield fly balls. You know that's something I've been looking at. Those are automatic. He hits outs. line drives. This guy. Dude. He hits line drives. Dude, and here's the thing though. I'm okay I'm with in. sacrificing. I'm in yeah, I'm okay with sacrificing five homers. Middle infield target Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson, baby. There you go. Him or Paul DeYoung. I'm, well, well uh, Wilmer Flores. Wait, listen. I, I, I'm out. He's I'm out. down to Tim sacrifice. I'm down to sacrifice five homers for the year 
if he adds 10 doubles or something like that in points leagues. That's okay. That's basically almost evening itself out. You said you know leagues. why I like points Jose Peraza. I don't like Jose Peraza. Is he under 30% hard hit rate? No, I mean, dude, shortstops are not known for hitting the ball that hard. It's my guess. I was just guessing. No, I mean, look, he, Jose Peraza was a great hitter in the minors. I mean, he's. it feels like he's a late bloomer. He's still only 24 years old. You know, he's turning 25 yeah. at the end of April this year. But he's a, a two ninety nine career hitter at the minor league level. Makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. I don't dislike Jose Peraza. Mm-hmm. I think what I might not like, I'm going to look this up here, is he's going to hit towards the bottom of the lineup with the Reds. Last year, he had the opportunity to that hit second, towards the top. That's second most of the year. Not, is that going to happen again this Why wouldn't year? it? Because, uh, why would he hit second, though? He doesn't walk. Seems weird to me. Because they probably don't have another viable second baseman. No, well, Scooter Jett's going to hit second. Scooter Jett is going to hit second. Unless he gets traded. Now we're talking a lot of ifs, ifs, ands, and buts. Yeah. We have Jose Peraza, Peraza at batting seventh, Greg. Seven. That is going to hurt. Mm, Especially hurts. when you look at him scoring 85 runs last year. That's because he was batting towards the top of the lineup. That hurts. You put him seventh. I'm moving yeah, him. That, I'm that moving hurts. him down. That hurts. that hurts. I'm moving him down. You said he before. Wait, what did he bat last year? They have Winker leading off and Votto yeah. batting no, second. Frank, you, you said before. He, 50 games batting leadoff last year for Peraza. He hit 286 in those games, still 10 bases. Batting second, 72 games, he hit two. He hit 303 with 10 stolen bases. 20, 20 of his stolen, ba- stolen bases is coming first or second. Makes sense. When he was batting seventh, 198. That was in 22 games. So it's a small sample. Frank, you said one guy you could be targeting in the middle infield spots, Paul DeYoung. How come? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Paul DeYoung, there's a lot to like. I think people are uh, sleeping on him a little bit because he was hurt last year. He only played 115 games, but the power numbers were still there. And, you know... He's actually projected to hit near the top of the Cardinals lineup. Roster Resource has him hitting second, you know, just ahead of guys like Paul Goldschmidt and Marcelo Zuna. That's going to be a pretty good spot to be in terms of scoring runs. There's definitely some pop there. Uh, yeah. The hard hit rate actually went up last year, 38.7%, near 39% good. for a shortstop. That's good for sure. To me, he's you know he's not going to steal any bases, but the profile reminds me a lot of Trevor Story light. Yeah. He doesn't play in Coors Field. Plays in St. Doesn't Louis. run nearly as much as Trevor no, Story. He's not no, going to no. steal any bases. Yeah. He's like Trevor Story light minus the stolen bases, mm-hmm. but he strikes out a lot. The walk rate, not you know, he he improved it last year, seven point three percent. Yeah, he's a better hitter no. than hitting two forty. You know who he really is? He's, he's not two eighty five from two years ago. He's but Correa light. He could be two sixty with twenty five home runs, good runs scored, and good RBIs in the Cardinals lineup. Yeah, what's not to like about Paul DeYoung? Dude, I mean, 19 homers? Those are your fallbacks, you know, right? If you miss out games? on the top 12, Tim Anderson and Paul DeYoung, those are your fallbacks yeah. right there. I, I like DeYoung. I like DeYoung. I'm moving Jose Peraza down Yeah, as we speak. 19 well, homers in 115 higher. games, 25 yeah. doubles, 150. These are numbers that could turn into 30 homers, 35 doubles, something like that. That's solid across the board. That's now my number 13 shortstop. shortstop. Tim Anderson, number 13. And I also think yeah. that Paul DeYoung... Paul DeYoung, 14. Paul like DeYoung that. is not going to lose his job, most likely, out there. I mean, he does have options remaining, but like... Jed Jerko, Colton Wong's always in and out of the lineup. I mean, they kind of like uh, Yairo Munoz there. Do they? Yeah. All right. So if he struggles, and, and you know, they're a team that, that wants to be competitive, the Cardinals. Great division, by the way. Yeah, it's National good League Central? It's a good one. Cincinnati Reds. Besides the Pirates. Very. But the thing is, we say that about the Pirates every year. They compete. And every year, Clay they do Hurdle, you know, they're over 500. The pitchers do well, usually. I, you know, yeah. I, that's something that I would like to target. I would like to see w- what their season total for wins is, the Pirates. Last year, I said I liked it. It was like at 78 and a half. They went over. I mean, they never get any respect. No might respect. even be low. You can look it up right now because I have a trivia question for Venture, if you don't mind. Sure. You can look it up right now. All right, Venture, you're, you're the big doubles guy. You keep telling me all about doubles, yeah? I love doubles, yeah. Can you name the eight players that had more than 44 more doubles last year without looking? 44. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. Um, 44 you get three more strikes doubles. Out. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Jose Ramirez? Jose Ramirez is your first strike. He didn't have over 44 doubles? He did not have wow. over 44 doubles. I know he had 50. They all turn into bombs. Um, yeah, they do turn into bombs. <laughs> he had 38 doubles. 38 doubles. Um, who had a ton of doubles last year? I mean, this is hard, though. You're the doubles guy. I mean, I know who hits a lot of doubles. So name them. So who are they? Uh, I'll name the guys that hit a lot of doubles, I guess. Yeah. That's what I want to know. I'm blank. That's literally what I'm asking I'm for. I'm bad at putting them on the spot now. Yeah. Of course I am. <laughs> um, uh, no, Seager didn't last year. I got one. Yeah, Freddie go Freeman. Freddie Freeman, number seven, 44. Exactly. 44 doubles. Exactly. That's one for Frank. Point for Frank. Venture. You want someone who plays a lot of games. Yeah. Freddie Freeman played like 160 last uh, Brian Roberts used to hit a ton of doubles. Brian Roberts <laughs> is not on this list. Former yeah. Yankee great, Brian Roberts. Uh, if you would have said Mookie Betts, that would have been right. Yeah, Mookie Oh, Betts. how do we forget Mookie? Mookie Betts. How about J.D. Martinez while we're at it? No, but no, nah, it's nah. not on the runs, though. <laughs> yeah, he's not. Mookie's, Mookie Betts. How, try another team in Mookie's. Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts had 45 intendi doubles. In only, in only 100 and what was it, 135, 138 games last year for Bogarts? Mm-hmm. 136. Talking myself into him. I, just, I told you, man. It's Anthony Rendon, another second baseman, with yes. four, uh, third baseman. Big time doubles. 44. Nick Castellanos had 46 oh, doubles. Guy. Your guy. This was an easy one. I'm surprised neither of you got this, to be honest with you. Yeah. Miguel Andujar had 47 yeah. doubles. Remember? All he Definitely. did was double, double, doubles, double, doubles, double, double. Line drives, yeah. Pirates over under total, Greg. We see it at 77 and a half. I like that over, yeah. Caesar's Palace. Get the over there. 82 um, wins last year for the team. No, Mookie Betts was three. Number two in all MLB. This one was hard. I'm surprised you haven't talked about him at all yet. Eduardo Escobar. Mm-hmm. Eduardo Escobar. Had a great year. Eduardo Escobar. Uh, fallback option as a middle, fin- middle infielder in points leagues. Yeah. Because he hits a lot of doubles. 48 yeah. doubles last and year. He's going to hit at the top of the Diamondbacks Dude, lineup. As he's well. a guy so that probably runs. won't turn that into homers. Why is he's he, a line driver. Why is this guy he's been on, over 20 home runs the past two years? Don't sleep. Why is this guy off of everybody's radar? Eduardo Escobar? He's 30. Is that what it is? I mean, well, he doesn't home. really do anything besides he's going to hit 20 home runs. 23 home runs. His batting average is not good. He's 272. Like 260 hitter. 272 last year. He's in Arizona now? Yeah. Not bad. That's, that's a nice thing. He's going to He's going to score some runs. 75 runs scored last year. fallback option as a middle infielder. 48 doubles last year. 23 homers. You got to like that. Greg, you know who I think people are sleeping on a little bit this year? Walks. Chris Taylor. He's yes. Like that. That's a guy I have. In yeah. The- I think people are sleeping on Chris Taylor. Number I one. Think he could give you 15-15 in a really good Dodgers lineup. Player who led the league in doubles last year? Alex Bregman. 51. Bragg. There you go. Brace. Chris Venture. Thanks for hopping on, man. Yep. Thank Frankie you. Frankie Stample and Chris. Sean downstairs and Bavona as well. I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again on Monday. Have a great weekend. We We hope. hope.